0: John was talking about the news in Israel. I happened to catch a very small segment of Joel uh, Rosenberg that was interviewed over in Israel about what's taking place. And he was talking about the talks that Biden's trying to get started concerning the nuclear development in Iran. And he was saying that it's going to go nowhere. It won't help anything. But he says what he's afraid of is that President Biden will try to force Israel not to have a first strike. So things are really beginning to heat up. It's beginning to let us know that this world is not going to remain as it is. As you know the news, a lot of the people back east already have suffered devastation like we haven't seen before from these tornadoes. And what's coming on the world is going to be far worse than exceeding what that is. I have here a, a picture of a rocket. And it says here, Turkey announced it plans at least one military base in Syria. However, Israel says it will not allow Turkey to have a base in Syria. It says prepare for war. So what we're going to be looking at this morning, certainly is up to date and we need to be ready we need to have our eyes open we need to be looking up folks jesus said when these things come to pass look up for your redemption draweth nigh we're not going to go in a real detailed study of this passage of scripture it's very involved but we're going to lay a foundation for you to be able to examine what we see today, what we hear today, and to realize that this is right at the very door, perhaps even getting ready to open the door and walk through. Peter in 2 Peter 1.19 says in the New International Version, And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and we will do well to pay attention to it as a light, shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. So this is an appropriate message. I praise God that he has given it to us and we can benefit from it. Let's pray. it. Ask God's anointing, not on his word, it's always anointed, but on we that hear the word. We need to have our eyes, our ears, and our hearts prepared to receive god's word father this morning we do thank you that we can have father your word that's the most precious possession that you've given us the direct revelation from you that lays out to us the beginning to the end and father we just pray that you will give us the blood-tipped ear to hear give us eyes to see father and may we go from here rejoicing that god is bringing to pass that which he has for ordained through his prophets and spoken to us. Thank you this morning, Father, for these things. In Jesus' name. From the slide up and back, you can see some of the areas from where these troops, this massive invasion that is coming against Israel, is going to take place. These things are already being papers are being signed treaties are being uh, initiated and for the first time Russia has given treaties military treaties and and, and aid to these countries that are going to destroy Israel they think God is allowing this and it's at his timetable that it will take place As we open our Bibles to Ezekiel 38, I want you to to take note that this prophecy was given some 2,300 years ago. As God spoke to the prophet Ezekiel and told him to write this, at the time it, it didn't make sense. It wasn't logical. None of the actors that would be coming down against Israel had as yet made all these treaties that we see taking place today now since the writing of this prophecy a lot of dust has settled on these two chapters in our bible and a lot of people has just kind of closed that section and has left it alone they don't have any desire it seems like to understand the prophetic writings and then i like what jan mark markel says that uh Things aren't falling apart. They are falling together according to God's word and we are seeing them and we can lift our voice and praise God that we have been given the ability and to see these things. Remember, Jesus told his disciples that when they had seen all that Christ was doing, all the miracles, the words that he was preaching, going from place to place and he said, the prophets have longed to see what your eyes are seeing now, and they didn't see it. And we today, as God's people, are seeing things that men have studied for years and years, and they would scratch their, they knew it was going to happen, but they knew not how it was going to happen. You and I are seeing these things come right before us, and we should be stirred to the very soles of our feet, that, praise God, this thing is about to come to pass. Now from the first three verses, and let's let's look at that. The very opening of what our study's about this morning. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of Man, set your face toward Gog of the land of Magog the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal and prophesy against him and say thus says the Lord God behold I am against you. These people have a design. There's a design that's filtering through the world that men are desires to have complete control. We're seeing it right now in this COVID situation. A little control creates a hunger for more control. And it's not going to pass. But there are men today that will do anything to set up on the the main throne ruling the affairs of man and they are striving toward that. The thing about this right here that we need to mark down at the very beginning is that God is against them And the disaster that's going to come from this gigantic military movement down into Israel, God says, I'm against you. And God says he is going to take care of it. Verse 8 tells us that, in fact, it's a clue. And and, and remember what this, this says. It's a clue for us today. After many days you will be mustered in the latter years. When you come across that phrase, the latter years, that means the very last days. And everything that is taking place is aligning the nations for the second coming of Christ. They don't know that. They don't want to do that. They don't want to have God's rule and anything. Remember in Psalms 2 it says, let us cast his bounds, his His authority, his, his word from us and let's do things our way. That's what people are trying to do at this very moment. In fact, our government is doing that very rapidly. Now if you go to Strong's Concordance, you will find that what I've said is that The latter days refers to the very last days, the end of time. This prophecy could not be fulfilled from A.D. 70 when the nation of Israel was destroyed by the Romans and from that time were scattered throughout the world until they came back to their own land on May fourteenth, 1948 at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, two hours before Sabbath began ben Gurion came out and he waved and says, we have a state. They had to even argue a little bit on what they would call this new state. He said, it is the state of Israel. How unique. <laughs> the state of Israel. And our president thereafter was the very first. Harry Truman made a phone call congratulating them on the establishment of this new state. And If he hadn't done that, it might have caused some problems for the Israelis, and others would have taken advantage of that. Remember right after that, the day after that, there were five nations of the Muslim states that came against Israel. I've seen pictures of, they used to have a program called Against All Odds, and it showed the amount of, of military hardware that had been given to the Arab nations to come against Israel. Israel had nothing. And yet, miraculously, because God was in it, they were able to defeat that first onslaught that was intent upon destroying this small nation. You might want to mark this down and remember this. This. The Lord Jesus Christ gave a clue as to how this greatest event in our time would come about, that is the establishment of the nation of Israel. If you turn with me to the 24th chapter of Matthew, the clue is in the, remember when Jesus was, let me read that, first three verses. When Jesus had finished all of these sayings, he said, no, excuse me, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple, but he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now that must have taken the breath of the disciples away from them. That, that, that building that Herod had constructed, They said it was one of the most magnificent buildings that has ever been built. And so when they saw all of it, they were admiring the beauty of it. And when Jesus says it's all going to be destroyed, when they came to the Mount of Olives and Jesus sat down, his disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the close of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one lead you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Actually, Jesus was describing in this, this verses, the, just the calming happenings among people. Someone has said that at any given time, somewhere in the world, there is a War going on. It might be a small war within a nation, people rising up against the government, or it might be tribes rising up, against, rising up against each other, but somewhere there is war. Someone has calculated that out of the 5,000 years of world history, only about 200 years could really be said to be peaceful. <laughs> Man is intent upon war. It's in his nature, the fallen nature. But as we read this, we find that the world stage has to be set at a certain way in order for all end-time prophecies to come about. If There has to be a sort of a map you could read, and that's what we have here. That's going to take place. Now, the event that was leading up to the fulfillment of all things spoken by his word was this. (coughs) Excuse me. He said, there'll be wars and such, but the end is not yet. Then he gives the clue that we can look at, examine, and from that point on, it's beginning to fall into place to fulfill all the prophecies that have been written concerning these last days he said for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and all these things and it's all come to pass folks the wording nation against nation is the key that we need to observe we have had only two world wars in existence of the world that involved every nation, we had World War One. Shortly after that, we had World War Two. <coughs> and the sec- the First World War provided the impetus for the growth of the Zionist movement. While the Second World War set the stage for the establishment of the State of Israel. Dr. David Reagan sent out a questionnaire to twenty-some odd Bible scholars, asking to them, "What do you consider to be the most potent sign of the age we live in that we're close to the end?" Out of the twenty-five, twenty-two wrote the establishment of the State of Israel. Oh, thank you. So Israel was the one thing that came out of these wars that was a sign for us to begin to observe carefully what's going on. Now, someone has said this this way. (coughs) The nation of Israel is God's our hand. Okay? Jerusalem is God's second hand. The Temple Mount is God's, excuse me, Jerusalem is God's minutes hand and the Temple Mount is God's second hand. The Jews are now in their homeland after almost 2,000 years. God, our hand, is now in place. And then, we find out that at the 67 war that Israel had, she took possession of of Jerusalem. So the hour hand is there, the minute hand is there. The thing that's remaining at this point is the taking of the Temple Mount itself. And we know that if at this time Israel would take control of the Temple Mount, it would be war immediately. That's why, they, that's why they left that alone whenever they took Jerusalem to be their capital again. There's something else that's, that's exciting. Let me read from the Amplified here. Something else took place whenever Israel was established as a state. Found in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9. God prophesied, for then, he said, I will change their impure language. You know, whenever they went to an, another nation, they did adopted, what, what was it that they had, they called it Yiddish, not pure language. And they spoke that. And others that were in other parts of the world adopted kind of a slang language as well. But God said, in the end times, I'm going to give you a, a pure language. I'll give the people a clear and pure speech from pure lips. It is a requirement at this time that every person in Israel know the Hebrew language, the ancient language that was first spoken. Joel Rosenberg and his family moved from America over to the land of Israel. They're established there now. He said one thing that's going to be hard and he knew he was going to have to do is that he's going to have to learn the Hebrew language. And that is a requirement. God said it was going to happen. Everything that God has said has been literally fulfilled, folks. We cannot spiritualize and make an allegory out of the prophetic word that God has given us because in doing so, you bring disaster upon the interpretation of God's word and confusion, which is something that we don't need today. We need to know what God's word says and abide by it. So now they have... They're pure language. And they have the city of Jerusalem for the first time in 1967 after 1,897 years. God's timepiece is coming into place. It's getting ready, folks. And we know that Israel must have control of the Temple Mount before the end times because the Antichrist is going to enter that temple after three and a half years, proclaiming himself to be God. And that's when the Jews are going to flee. That's when he, the Antichrist is going to seek to destroy the Jewish nation. And you go to Zechariah and you find that out of all of the people, two-thirds of those folks are going to be destroyed one-third is going to flee to a place that God has prepared for them during this tribulation, the last three and a half years, they will be protected and provided for. They are the ones in Zechariah where it says, they will look upon me whom they have pierced. And Jesus says, you will not see me until you say that. They will know that their only hope is the coming of their Messiah. They don't believe he's come yet. That's amazing. Absolutely mind-boggling that this people, that it's through them that we have God's Word. Out of all of this, the scriptures that we have, only one book was written by a Gentile who was Luke, the great physician. And they claim that he was, he was the only Gentile that wrote anything in God's Word. Now, Ezekiel 38 and 39 will make this program become possible. And then we need to look at Gog. Who is this man Gog? Gog is not a proper name, but is a title. For instance, a title like the the ruler Pharaoh, the Kaiser, Zaire, Azar. these were titles for rulers and not their proper names. If you go to study the history of egypt you find that the pharaohs the each had a personal name but pharaoh was their official title the identification of magog rush meshech and tubal is to be determined from the fact that these tribes of the ancient world occupied the areas of modern day russia Magog, Meshach, and Tubal were between the Black and Caspian Seas, which today is southern Russia. It also includes part of Iran and Turkey. You can see all of these nations being aligned at this very moment. Ross was in what is now northern Russia. And verse 6 To avoid any further possible doubt that these came from the uttermost parts of the north, if you have a world map at home, go home, just for the fun of it, open it up, take a ruler, find Jerusalem, make the ruler go directly north, and as it goes north, you will find to the west of that line will be Moscow, That is the uttermost part of the north. Russia is the one that's going to lead this coalition against Israel to destroy them. And that is debated, but as far as I am convinced, Russia is this individual nation that's going to lead all of these against Israel. Now, verse 6. Excuse me, let's go on from there. Russia is the main leader and then it gives some of those with them and gives the names that we can understand and we we know who they are. Persia, for instance, is ancient Iran. I mean, ancient Persia is Iran. Who is the one force today that wants to wipe the nation of Israel off the face of the earth? Iran. Kush is modern-day Sudan. Put is Libya. Now, Gomer is more difficult to identify. There's no clear consensus among the Bible scholars. Their best guess are two. It either refers to modern-day Turkey or modern-day Germany. And there's one thing for certain, that when this takes place, there won't be any guesswork. We will know who these individuals are. There's, a whole, there's quite a few of them there. When Gog and those with him make this move, it is going to fill their cup of iniquity. Their idea is to come against Israel, destroy Israel, capture the area for themselves. And by the way, who, who these nations that are coming with Russia, what are they? A hundred percent Muslim. Russia's not going to have any trouble getting these people to come with them. And if you begin to look at Russia, they have a great percentage of Muslims that live there. There's mosques and they haven't been, you know, like other places, Christianity is not allowed to be shared, but they've never stopped the Muslim faith in Russia. It's still there and it's strong. And the cup of iniquity of both these groups, the first group mark it down, are atheists. They will do anything that they can to stamp out Christianity. It was said that Christianity is the opium of the people. Then you have the Muslims which their intent is to erase but right here where we are, erase the great Satan which is United States and then take care of the little Satan which is Israel. Israel. God says, I will call you down. It's all in God's hands. When the proper time comes, God is going to give the go-ahead for these nations to do what they're doing. When you begin to look at the various implements of war, it says, let's read uh, chapter 38. Read a bit there. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face toward Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and of Tubal, and prophesy against him and save us says the Lord God. Behold, I am against you. And then we said in verse 8, after many days you will be mustered. You'll be called. You can't make the decision yourself. I must give the word for you to come down. And you can't do that until... The right time, according to my schedule, takes place. After many days, you will be mustered in the latter years, and you will go against the land that is restored from war, the land whose people were gathered from many peoples upon the mountains of Israel, which had been a continual waste. If you look at Israel today, it is one of the marvels of modern-day farming. What they produce in that country... When they went in there, they bought... By the way, they didn't go in there and just take the land. There was these swamps where malaria was so prevalent that during a certain time of the year, the Arabs that lived there moved out because there was so much sickness. So they put on the market for sale. So here come these stupid Israelis paying an exorbitant price for this land that was swamped Mosquito infested and the men that own the land just went to the bank laughing all the way. But what has happened? They have drained the swamps. They have made that land blossom. The desert is blossoming like a rose. And those that sold the land now would kind of like to have it back (laughs) because it's so valuable. Now there's some other things that are Entering the picture that is compelling Russia to come down. Number one, Israel has discovered a natural land mass, and I looked it up yesterday to make sure I was right, Or natural gas mass of 30 trillion cubic feet. That's, that's, that's very enticing. They're telling us over in Europe this year, because of the shortage of natural gas, that those people are going to be cold a lot of the time. That's certainly a, that's a prize that Russia would like to have. And not only that, Israel at this point has found a massive amount of oil under the ground. Those two things seem to be in Russia's interest if she could take control of that. And so they are coming down To do that very thing. But here's what God says in verse 10 of chapter 38 of Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God on that day. Thoughts will come into your mind. And you will devise an evil scheme. And say I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will fall upon the quiet people who dwell securely. Now I think the King James says safely. Security means that Israel has the confidence in their military They have one of the best armies and air forces in the world. And they have confidence that they will be able to repel an attack against them. Whenever the 67, I believe it was the 67 war took place, it was either that or the Yom Kippur War, the enemy Outrated or outnumbered Israel 40 to 1. If you look at, look at some of the pictures after that war, the devastation of the forces coming against Israel, there was tanks, all kind of equipment completely destroyed by that little nation because God was fighting for them. Miraculous, absolutely supernatural. Power was given in certain areas where that the impossible became impossible, and they defeated them. And this was also a, a black eye for Russia because she had given these nations coming against Israel the very best in military equipment, and all of it failed. So they they, they had to go away with their tail between their legs, and it's like a little puppy. They haven't forgotten that and they're they're angry about that when when you read this section and you if you want to review it on your own that would be good and it talks about all of the military equipment it says I, when they come against Israel he says that... When you come out, all your army, horses, horsemen, all of them clothed in full armor, a great host, all of them with buckler and shield, welding swords. You can drop that down into the vernacular of our day and what it says. What the latest technology has developed, they are going to have to come against Israel. And whenever Russia is destroyed, her military might, and when the Arab religion is destroyed, which that's going to do it, folks, that will open the door for the Antichrist to be able to take control after this world, they call it a new reset coming. Well, it's nothing but the a, a new world order. And also with the Muslim faith being broken, that's going to open the door for Israel to take possession of the Temple Mount without any problem whatsoever. And we know from reading Scripture that that must take place. And so the program that God has given us here, this outline in Ezekiel 38 and 39, are the stepping stones that's going to lead to the very in time scenario that we realize. it can't take place until this happens and it couldn't happen until the day that you and I live in it says that on that day the day that Gog shall come against the land of Israel in verse 18 declares the Lord my wrath will be roused in my anger for in my jealousy and in My blazing wrath, I declare. God says he's going to destroy this whole conglomeration of powers, military power that comes against Israel. And it's going to be so devastating. Not only on the mountain of Israel, they will be, Israel's not going to have to do anything. This is a hopeless situation for them to begin with. Israel does not have the capability at this point to fight and gain victory of their own. So God just Take your seat. I'll take care of it. And the entire army is completely decimated. It will take seven months to bury the dead. It will take seven years to burn the implements of war. And it's going to be a testimony to the world. Now the question, I guess, could be raised, are we going to see it? is the church going to be here to see this great event? And I guess the answer would be, I don't know. And the reason I can say that is because the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war is not the beginning or has to take place before the rapture. The next great event that you and I are looking forward to is the second uh, the the coming of Christ for his church not the second coming because the second coming comes in two stages it comes in number one Christ comes down mid-air the trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ will be raised first Then we which are alive and remain will be transformed given new bodies glorified bodies we will rise to meet him The second phase of his second coming is when his feet touches on the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives cleaves in the middle thereof. That is when the Battle of Armageddon takes place. We're coming with him at that moment. And by the way, we're not going to have to do any fighting. Did you know that? We're not coming to be warriors. We're coming to be spectators. Because Christ, all he's going to have to do, it's like that hymn that... Is it Martin Luther that recorded it? One little breath shall slay him. I'm talking about Satan. This is how simple it's going to be for the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are just around the corner, folks. And what we're to look for as God's people, and I condensed this down because there was way, way too much Stuff to cover in just 45 minutes or over how long. You know, I always do something that makes me mad. I say to myself, look at that clock when you start. Because it's important to see how long you're going. One fellow says, sometimes the saints of God are wore out. (laughs) By, By setting and waiting. One more illustration, then another illustration. Lord, when will this man finish? You know, <laughs> wear out the saints of the Most High. But in closing, I want to turn to Second Thessalonians. This is a precious part of Scripture that you and I cling to. This is what we hope for. Paul, writing to this small group of people, he was only there about I believe was it three months, a very short time. And he couldn't wait to teach these people about the rapture of the church. And he says, "Do you not remember Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse five? Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time? Do you know what that restrainer is, folks? It's the Holy Spirit moving through his church. The rest of the story is what what was his name, Paul? Yeah. Used to say, now folks, the rest of the story is that it cannot happen until we are removed from this globe on which we now live because God says that when the fullness of the Gentiles become in, then. And the fullness of the Gentiles that makes up the body of Christ is both anyone that's not born a Jew plus those that are born Jews. The Messianic movement uh, in Israel is gaining more and more. A great body is there at this time. So when I said we, don't, we can't say whether we will be here the rapture is not the beginning of the seven year tribulation the signing of the agreement with Israel the antichrist in Israel is the beginning of the tribulation period but each, each step each stepping stone is being put into place and who knows before you get in your car and make it home, the trump may sound and you may be in his presence. The next step, you think you're going to, before I take a step off of this down to that floor, Christ's trumpet could sound and I'll never make that step because we'll be the, that's how quick it's going to be in the, in the presence of Christ. They have said that it is, it is a quantum figure, the twinkling of an eye. It's so fast that you can't calculate it. And it could happen today this time of the year whenever we think about Christmas the giving of the Lord Jesus Christ how many, how many people long down through the years to see that time when the Messiah would be born Isaiah gives accounts of it that that baby his real name if we call Counselor Ever-Li- Everlasting Father Mighty God We didn't call him that when he was here. He was just a little helpless thing that Mary held. But everything from Genesis 3.15, where the promise of the seed was given, everything had been moving to that point in time. I think it was Groggy. I'm not sure if I pronounced his name right, but he said, All history before Christ came was in preparation for his first coming. All history thereafter is in preparation of a second coming. These things that we are reading about in Ezekiel must take place. And it's going to be exactly as it's recorded. The reason I think that it could be five or more years the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war could take place three to five or more years before the signing of that agreement with the Antichrist and Israel is because this happening does not fit the picture that you have at the beginning of the tribulation period. It does not fit. And if you want to ask me why, then we can talk about that later for another time maybe. But the Lord bless you this morning. I'm thankful that we've had so many people and new faces, and it's been fun. I pray that God has given you an understanding of this. I know we didn't cover in depth the many things that happened, but nonetheless, be ready. For in an hour that you think not, the trump of God is going to sound. And you don't have time after that to get ready. The day, the time is now. God bless you this morning.